DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents A Biblical Way of Praying the Mass with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher is a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He's the author of numerous books on the spiritual teaching of St. Ignatius of Loyola, as well as the teachings of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, including The Biblical Way of Praying the Mass, The Eucharistic Wisdom of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, the book on which this series is based. A Biblical Way of Praying the Mass, with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome back, Father Gallagher. Thanks, Chris. Always glad to be here. I am very excited about this particular conversation on the Gloria. You begin this section with a a wonderful quote from Venerable Bruno Lanteri. Oh, what a great thing it is, and how consoling to serve as an instrument for God's glory. That's from a letter that he writes to uh, a married layman who is very, very active in the church, raised a wonderful family, and was also prone to discouragement. And you see in these letters the spiritual direction, Venerable Bruno's message of encouragement to him. And he has just reflected on some new avenues for God's service that have opened up in the life of this layman. He concludes with this line near the end of the letter, oh, what a great thing it is and how consoling to serve as an instrument for God's glory, which really defines the entirety of Venerable Bruno's life and really ours as well. St. Ignatius' classic line, you know, for the greater glory of God, that's what he's always seeking. What does that mean, actually? What is the glory of God? as the spiritual writers use it. And by that they mean what serves to make God more known and loved in human hearts in this world, in this life, and unto eternal life. So that our lives serve as an instrument to make that more widespread in the world, so that more men and women come to know the Lord Jesus, come to love the Lord Jesus, come to live according to the truth of our life, which is his word, and so prepare an eternity of joy with God in the next life. So yes, what a wonderful thing it is and how consoling to have a sense that our lives are serving in that way. Let's say in the married vocation, as we uh, live together with a spouse and raise children, leading those who are close to us and those with whom we associate in our work sphere and in the church, that our life serve to cause them to grow, to know Jesus more and love him more and live more closely to him. That's, yeah, that's really, that's really why we're here. You know, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, women, children, spouses, your own children, fellow workers, members of the parish. Anyway, that's a lead into what follows next in the Mass, which is the Gloria. And I'll introduce this by calling to mind something that happened in the parish where I was stationed there for about a year and a half and then continued over many years now involved in retreat work, but as I was able, I was there on weekends for masses. So I got to know quite well the uh, deacon in the parish, permanent deacon, uh, Deacon Tom. He had a long career in the Navy, and he, he really had in a deep way the sense of, you know, you're part of the team, you do what's necessary, you do what's asked of you, you be faithful, you see that things happen in the way they need to be. And I would say he was really kind of the glue of the parish in a sense that he was there for all the masses on a, on a weekend, the Saturday and Sunday masses, which is in itself impressive. 
He would serve at deacon for one or two of them. Most weeks would preach. But even when he wasn't on the altar as deacon, he was there to make sure at the start of the Mass that there were servers, that there were lectors, if someone was missing to find replacements, Eucharistic ministers, that the gifts were set out on the table for the procession of the gifts at the offertory. And I have never, whether priest or deacon, ever met anyone who prepared his homilies to the extent that Deacon Tom did. I couldn't tell you how many hours, 20, 25 more hours a week, went into that homily with his wife, he used to say, as his best critic in it. And the people loved his homilies. You could tell that um, these came from a deep place in his heart. Well, on this particular Sunday, Deacon Tom, at at this point, had reached an age and condition of health in which he needed to retire. And I was celebrating the 11 o'clock Sunday Mass, which was packed. And uh, Deacon Tom was there as deacon. And on this Sunday, we were announcing at all the Masses uh, his retirement from that service of deacon. And uh, so there was a scripted announcement of that. After communion, I stood with Deacon Tom beside me, and I read that to the people. As one body, the people stood, and they began one of those applauses that just goes on and on and on when people really, not in a perfunctory way, uh, or even in a uh, lightly grateful way, but really deeply from their heart, want to convey gratitude. And I can still remember Deacon Tom there standing beside me, um, both moved and somewhat embarrassed uh, by all this. He said a few words after that, and then the final hymn. And so maybe just uh, five minutes or less after that applause, I was standing outside the church as people filed out just to greet them. And I was struck by the fact that there was a smile on every face. And many, many people said various versions of uh, Great Mass, Father, Wonderful Mass, loved it. And when it was over, and I was walking from the, the church back over to the rectory, something dawned on me. And I, I could see the link between what had just happened when we had expressed this heartfelt gratitude to Deacon Tom and the smiles and the uplift of heart that was evident in everyone's demeanor and, and, and face and words as they were leaving. And then something dawned on me. Oh, this is why God wants our praise. Because I used to wonder about that. Why does God want our praise? He has everything. Uh, he's infinite. Nothing is lacking. Why would God ever want us to praise him? And it dawned on me, this is the reason why he wants us to praise him. Because when we praise him, something beautiful and happy and joyful comes into our hearts. And this is the moment that we reach now in the Mass, the moment when uh, after the penitential rite and being washed and made whiter than snow, as the psalm says, in a very lovely way, our hearts turn to what will surface after that, and that is a desire to express, express gratitude, thanks, and praise to God. And in fact, in one of the prefaces for the Mass, the Church's prayer expresses precisely this. So this is a weekday preface number four. And in that we read, turning to God in prayer, you have no need of our praise, yet our desire to thank you is itself your gift. And very recently, in uh, January of 2021, 
Pope Francis gave uh, a lovely catechetical talk on one of these Wednesday audience talks on the prayer of praise. And he quotes that very line. So I'm just going to read a couple sentences of what the Holy Father says. To whom is praise helpful? Well, that's the question. Uh, To whom is praise helpful? To us or to God? And that expresses the question perfectly. A text of the Eucharistic liturgy invites us to pray to God in this way. It says this, Although you have no need of our praise, yet our thanksgiving is itself your gift. Since our praises add nothing to your greatness, but profit us for salvation. By giving praise, we are saved. By giving praise, we are saved. And then he, he goes on to say, the prayer of praise serves us. Quotes from the Catechism, the prayer of praise shares in the blessed happiness of the pure of heart who love God in faith before seeing him in glory. Now, how are we going to live the prayer of the Gloria as we say a glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those of goodwill and so forth? We praise you, we bless you, and so forth. Venerable Bruno invites us to turn our attention to Christmas night. And he writes this, At the Gloria, I will seek the sentiments and the heart of the angels. And so he's quoting from Luke chapter 2, 13 through 14 here. And the first words, obviously, of this prayer reflect the very words that the angels sing in the heavens at the birth of Christ. Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth to people of goodwill. We praise you and bless you and so forth. So here is the spiritual exercise. Let's transport ourselves, if we can, in imagination. I always remember in one of his Christmas homilies, Pope John Paul II sang from St. Peter's, let us be less here in St. Peter's and more in Bethlehem uh, as we contemplate this event. So let's do that and do that in that Ignatian way. We're there with the shepherds, the dark of the night, their sheep, they're watching their sheep. Perhaps they have their fires to keep warm by night, the star studded sky above them and the peace and silence of the night, which suddenly is broken as an angel appears to them in all the splendor and glory of an angel and says these words to him, to them, I proclaim to you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you, who is Messiah and Lord. And as the, as the shepherds hear this, suddenly the heavens are filled now with a choir, a multitude of angels. Uh, just imagine what this experience must have been like for them. And the angels uh, praise and glorify God. The angel's heart is deeply pierced by the magnitude of what has just happened, that God has become incarnate. The word has taken flesh and dwelt among us. Their hearts thrill at the beauty of it, at the richness of it, at the grace of it, at the fruitfulness that will come into the world through it, at the magnitude of divine love that, that takes this step. He emptied himself and taking the form of a slave. And their hearts, thrilling with this, uh, joyfully sing their praises, the multitude of the angels in the heavens. Father, would you say that giving praise and glory to God is very closely related to a sense of gratitude? That what you described for Deacon Tom was not only just a praise to him for what he has given to the parish all these years, 
but it also displayed a sense of gratitude. Yes, you can make a distinction between those two words, which is often going to be blurred in practice because they are so closely aligned. So gratitude would be the sentiment of heart and expressed maybe in words or in gestures of a recognition of a benefit received. And then praise uh, can be simply an expression of delight in the goodness of another or the beauty that we experience in another. When we're grateful, it's so easy to praise. And praise is very often going to spring from gratitude. Now think of Mary's Magnificat. You know, that begins as a prayer of gratitude, which it is. But it's inextricably a prayer of praise, you know, as she begins to praise God for all that he's done in her life and in the life of his people. So yes, the distinction is there, but they're going to be linked. You know, it's so often, too, we hear in the Psalms, I believe, that there are going to be moments when we're not necessarily grateful for something or a suffering that's in our lives, but it's a call in that psalm, you praise God anyway. You praise Him, not as an obligation, but because of what you're speaking about. Am I correct? Yes. Let me actually quote from that talk of Pope Francis. I'm I'm just going to continue uh, right from the uh, citation that I quoted just briefly before. So, from the Catechism, well, the prayer of praise serves us. The Catechism defines it in this way. Prayer of praise shares in the blessed happiness of the pure of heart who love God in faith before seeing him in glory. And then the Pope goes on immediately to say this. Paradoxically, it, that is praise, must be practiced not only when this fills us with happiness, but above all in difficult moments. In the moments of darkness, when the path becomes an uphill climb, that too is a time for praise, like Jesus, who in a dark moment, he's been commenting on another text in the gospel, like Jesus, who in the dark moment praises the Father, because we learn that through the ascent, that difficult path, that wearisome path, those demanding passages, we get to see a new panorama, a broader horizon. Giving praise is like breathing pure oxygen. It purifies the soul. It makes you look far ahead so as not to remain imprisoned in the difficult moment, in the darkness of difficulty. That's actually the main point that he wants to make in that talk, that praise should always be there in our lives. You know, in other settings, we've talked about the Liturgy of the Hours and how the Church says the Liturgy of the Hours has a double focus of prayer, praise and petition, but its primary focus is praise. And that's every day. Even when uh, we're in the time of difficulty or struggle, praise is always the primary thing. And then petition is going to follow upon it because we do have needs, which we express as well. But praise is really the essential focus of our prayer. And that's really what we're going to do. Please God for all eternity. We'll return to a biblical way of praying the mass with Father Timothy Gallagher in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, 
and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. A prayer for the intercession of Venerable Bruno Lanteri. O Father, fountain of all life and holiness, you gave Father Bruno Lanteri great faith in Christ your Son, a lively hope, and an act of love for the salvation of his brethren. You made him a prophet of your word and a witness to your mercy. He had a tender love for Mary, and by his very life he taught fidelity to the Church. Father, hear the prayer of your family, and through the intercession of Father Lanteri, grant us the grace for which we now ask. May he be glorified on earth, that we may give you greater praise. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to A Biblical Way of Praying the Mass with Father Timothy Gallagher. Placement of the Gloria right after the penitential rite is so wonderful. It really is the opportunity to give praise for the rich and abundant mercy we are receiving. Probably many of us have had the experience of approaching the Sacrament of Confession And maybe sometimes knowing that we need to say something that will take a little courage to say. And there's some kind of a burden there. And by God's grace and with some courage, we're able to express it and are received uh, with goodness by the priest whose words and then absolution uh, just completely lift the burden from our hearts. And, And sometimes even maybe the beginning of a tear expresses even bodily the lifting of heart that we feel at that point. Well, what fills our heart after that? We just, maybe we go back to the pew and we just say, thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful. Yeah, that the movement from uh, being washed and cleansed to gratitude and to praise is, um, it's very true to the human heart and the liturgy really knows that and respects that. And also this kind of praise of God, uh, nothing better than that at this point after the penitential rite can prepare us now to enter into the real heart of the Mass, which will be the Liturgy of the Word and the Liturgy of the Eucharist, which will follow immediately after it. 
We don't praise enough. You know, I used to think that praise was um, something associated with, uh, let's say, the uh, charismatic renewal, uh, which it is, uh, and praise and worship music, um, which it also is. But it was really only through the Liturgy of the Hours that I realized that this is the center of my prayer. Whether I, I, I praise God in those forms or not, whatever form I use, beginning with the Liturgy of the Hours itself, which is primarily a prayer of praise. You know, it's for us. The prayer of praise, as the Pope says, saves us. It brings strength and light and joy and hope into our lives. So, um, yeah, it's wonderful to have the opportunity of the Gloria here just to, to talk a little bit about that. And I think we feel it in our hearts sometimes, don't we, during Lent, where the glory is actually removed from the liturgy, in essence, and we don't proclaim it again until Easter. You know, the, the wisdom of an almost a fast from that. So when mm. we re-enter it, we have that moment, as you said, that the community had with Deacon Tom. We fast from that form of praise of God because it really alerts us to the penitential nature of the penit of the season of Lent. Its counterpart is that experience I'm sure we've all had at the, at the Easter Vigil, which begins in darkness and with candlelight, and then you reach the Gloria and the lights go on and sometimes trumpets begin to sound and you have this joyful singing with a choir of the Gloria and the ringing of the bells, and then you really feel it. You know, you really know what praise is. The liturgy is a wonderful way to live all of this. So now I'll propose a spiritual exercise here. Uh, let's take a moment now just to contemplate the prayer of the angels. If it helps, take the Bible and read Luke 2, 8 through 14, and then you'll have the setting. And now, as John Paul II would say, let's be more in Bethlehem with the shepherds at this at night than wherever we might be as we listen uh, right now to this. See the dark of the night, the sheep, the shepherds, the glory of God filling the heavens and its splendor, and hear the joyful proclamation of the angel and the song of the multitude of the angels. Feel their delight as they lift this hymn of praise and ask for a share in that joy and in that praise. And then, as Venerable Bruno says, with the sentiments and the heart of these angels, now slowly pray the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest. Raise your heart on high. Let it express joyful praise of God. And on earth, peace to people of goodwill. Ask for God's peace on this troubled earth. We praise you. Pause simply to recognize God's love and goodness. We bless you. Pronounce his name with love and reverence. Bless him for his works of love. We adore you. Lift your heart in reverent and joyful adoration of his love, his goodness. We glorify you. Express your love for God. Glorify him with your heart 
your words, your life. We give you thanks for your great glory. Thank him for his saving work in the world and in your life. Lord God, Heavenly King, welcome him with love as Lord, as King in your life. O God, Almighty Father, open your heart to the love and power of our Heavenly Father. Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Turn now to Jesus, our Lord, the beloved Son in whom the Father takes delight. Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, Behold, the Lamb of God, see, the Divine Lamb, behold Him, draw near to Him with confidence. You take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Ask with confidence for the mercy that takes away sin. You take away the sins of the world. Receive our prayer. Everyone who asks receives. Present your prayer with trust in his promise. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. Therefore, he is always able to save those who approach God through him, since he lives forever to make intercession for them. Ponder these words. For you alone are the Holy One. Acknowledge the unique holiness, goodness, and love of Jesus. You alone are the Lord. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bend, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Profess him as the Lord of your life. You alone are the Most High. You alone. Give him this special, unequaled place in your life, in your heart. Jesus Christ, the Son, our Savior, with the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete, the Advocate, the Consoler. In the glory of God the Father, our loving Father in Heaven. Amen. Now that, Venerable Bruno says, is the grace to ask for. That's the heart that we ask for as we pray the Gloria. To pray it with some small participation in some way, the magnitude of the thrill and understanding and joy and delight 
and appreciation of, of the love that has just been poured out. Pray it like that. Say the prayer with those same sentiments of the heart. That's the grace that we ask for. You've been listening to A Biblical Way of Praying the Mass with Father Timothy Gallagher. To obtain the book on which this series is based, A Biblical Way of Praying the Mass, The Eucharistic Wisdom of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, visit EWTN.com, the website for the publisher, EWTN Publishing. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit DiscerningHearts.com, or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this program has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our mission of bringing free spiritual formation material to the world. But most of all, we hope you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for A Biblical Way of Praying the Mass with Father Timothy Gallagher. 